You're listening to the fourth episode of The Agenda, the regular podcast series from So So Gay. This episode is brought to you by tellusswhatyouthink.co.uk. Now, I've been involved myself, so I can explain to you a little bit what this is about. Uh, basically, uh, Tell Us What You Think is where you take part in a focus group, and this involves sitting and talking with a group of people about something or the other for a few hours after work in town, having drinks, having nibbles, and uh, you get £50 for giving your input about some or other topic. And this isn't a joke, it's actually serious. You get money for giving your feedback about something. Now, um, quite a few people aren't really aware that you can do this, um, and actually it's a great way to get some extra cash. So what you have to do is uh, register, and then they get in touch with you if something comes up that they think you might want to participate in. What's great about our sponsor today, actually, is that they've arranged, or we've arranged with them, to donate 50p to the National AIDS Trust for every single person who signs up before the end of this month. Um, and in addition, you will also get entered into their monthly prize draw when you register. So you can get money just for giving your feedback on different topics and... That is correct, so exactly. So how, how, how can I sign up for that? Well, what you've basically got to do is just head over to their site. You pop in, the, in, in your details. Uh, tell, us, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think.co.uk. Okay. Pop in your details, some information about yourself. And the reason for this is so that they only contact you about uh, relevant focus groups or anything that's pertinent to you. Um, and then they'll contact you when something appropriate comes along. Um, so visit tellusswhatyouthink.co.uk and when you register in the box um, for How Did You Hear About Us, just select the podcast option um, and that will ensure that they donate 50p to the National AIDS Trust for every person that registers. Brilliant. So what's coming up on today's show? For today's show, in the studio with us, we've got Deborah Jack from the National AIDS Trust. Um, who are the UK's leading charity dedicated to transforming society's response to HIV. Uh, we're also going to discuss um, some X Factor uh, rumours and um, coming out stories. And even more amazing, you could win a signed copy of Ben Cohen's new calendar, courtesy of Prowler, but we will give you some more information about that later. Thanks to Prowler for giving us that giveaway. Um, Sham, how's your week been? You went to see a film. I, I did. I went, I went to see um, a film produced um, uh, and directed by Ricky Beadle Blair, and it's called Bashment, um, and it's about um, being gay in the urban music scene. Bashment is a genre, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. that is correct. Um, um, and it tackles sort of so many issues about being gay and um, music and sort of hatred and humanity in a whole but a very moving film I'm not gonna lie and I'm not gonna be fair to admit that I did shed one or two tears here or there <laughs> I did it was quite moving and, and quite it, it's quite graphic also so I, I definitely can't wait to see that again so we had Jamie uh, the lead singer of bands The Irrepressibles over and um, I went to see his show in East London it was fantastic it was packed out there were quite a lot of notable journalists there and different scenesters that I recognised and um, I was really taken away. I'd listened to his music after and before yeah. the podcast to sort of yeah. prepare and 
um, it was good, but live he's really powerful. And um, there's this great bit where these singers rose mm. out of the audience. They had fold-out chairs with them oh. that we had no like yeah. the, the audience were oblivious to, and they stood up on these chairs. And then Jamie sort of orchestrated them like a choir. Because when he was sitting here, he was so chilled out and softly spoken, so relaxed, yeah. but he was really sh sort of strong and dramatic. Um, but yeah, I, I wrote a review about the yeah. um, show. So if you if you Google Jack Cullen, the Irrepressibles, yeah. I mean, I gave it a full write-up. But Perfect. No, really well, good. I, I'm I, I'm going to go and read up about it. But obviously, I think also we covered it, and we, which brings us to the point we've had three shows thus far over the last month, and just a personal thank you from me. Uh, Jack and Casper the producer and everyone who's been involved in the podcast thus far we've had over 14,000 listens to our three shows no it's great I and and personally for us that is amazing I mean we're not surprised obviously we are amazing so that's the reason why there are quite a lot of gay <laughs> podcasts out there I mean a lot of them are in different parts of the world and I had my concerns when we started out yeah. but already on iTunes we're rising up ranks and it's going really well so thank you to everyone who has subscribed and for sharing each episode. So let's get cracking with today's show. We have with us Deborah Jack, who is the chief executive of the National AIDS Trust. Um, we've got quite a few questions for Deborah. Yes, Deborah's also going do. to talk to us about uh, some of the projects that her charity are currently working on. W um, first, we welcome again, uh, Deborah, and thank you for joining us um, for you. taking time out to inform us about um, what good work the National AIDS Trust um, is doing um, in the run-up. So World AIDS Day is coming up December the 1st, as it does every year. I wanted to ask, how is it differing year from year? So, because I was thinking this recently with Poppy Day, I think you get a lot of people just think it's the same thing again and again and again, partly because Poppy Day, I associate with school, because it's got, they've got a real mm -hmm. tight grip over school communities. Um, with uh, World AIDS Day, what, what is this year about? Um, there isn't really a theme actually. I think World AIDS Day is just an opportunity to focus on HIV and what the big issues are at any one time. And I think this year there is a lot being talked about testing um, because the Terence Higgins Trust are having the very first National Testing Week, which is going to actually um, go over World AIDS Day. Okay. Um, so I know that there'll be a lot of emphasis on trying to get people to use World AIDS Day to get aware of the facts and actually to take a test if they think they may have put themselves at sure. risk of HIV. And, and the idea of that is, uh, obviously, I guess, if everyone that has HIV knows that they have HIV, then that's the first step to the end of it all. It really is. I mean, I think one of the most amazing things that's changed over the, the 30 years that HIV's been around is just treatment. We went from the early days when there was absolutely no treatments available to now having really effective treatment with very few side effects. Mm -hmm. And so people who um, are diagnosed, they can get on treatment early. Um, it means they've got a near normal life expectancy. They can live well. Yeah. And the other really interesting <laughs> thing about treatment is it actually reduces the chance of people passing HIV on so being tested and treated benefits you if you've got HIV but it actually can benefit your partners because it means you're less likely to pass HIV yes. on but the big challenge we face is 25% of people with HIV in the UK just don't know they've got it so some people they don't they say they just they'd rather not know and they don't want to go for a test because it's scary and what have you 
um, what, if you have HIV and you don't bother finding out, what what are the dangers? I mean, I think there are some real dangers um, that if you don't get diagnosed, you obviously can't get on treatment. And what HIV does is attack your immune system, gradually attack it okay. until you're unable to fight off infections and diseases. So people who are diagnosed late are more likely to get very sick. I mean, they're 10 times more likely to die within a year of being diagnosed. Right. Um, and so there are some really serious health issues of not being diagnosed, quite apart from the fact of, of thinking you may infect other people without realising it. And most new HIV infections in the UK are from people who don't know they have it. So it's really important to, to yes. get tested mm. and to know your status for yourself yeah. and for other people. So if you're quite young and you have got HIV and you find out relatively soon on, um, you, you keep your immune system, basically. You do. The, yeah, so what happens is as soon as you're tested and diagnosed, you'll be under the care of a doctor who will monitor you regularly to check your immune system staying healthy. And as soon as it's necessary, they'll get you on the medication that you need. Great. Um, so it's, I mean, there was a time when, yes, people did think, I don't want to know. Mm. Um, but actually, there's no really good reasons for not getting tested now. Yes. Um, and that's what we'd really encourage people to do. And it's great that now we're going to have this focus on really trying to, to um, get people tested. So is there, is, is there going to be a, a, an event or something? Over the whole week, um, all over the UK, there will be different things going on, which are all about encouraging testing. Mm. So there'll be outreach. I think I'm not sure whether it's actually on the 1st of December, but GAY Bar, I think, are doing another big test testing open testing okay. day but I think I'd say to people check what's happening locally in your clinic and hospital because yeah. there's extended hours there's people going out to clubs and all sorts of places so testing should just be far more out there and we're just trying to make it as easy as possible for people to get a test do do you find that we testing is is readily more available now or, or is it improving or in central London I know it's quite easy but in terms of outside of of sort of suburbia of London or how easy is it yeah. for people to sort of are things becoming easier I mean testing it, it is pretty easy to get an HIV test wherever you are um, and there's some great websites that you can um, log into put your postcode in and they'll tell you where you can get a test mm -hmm. I think we talk about there being two reasons why people don't test one is because the individual themselves is resistant or doesn't want to and the other is because sometimes healthcare professionals are a bit reluctant to actually offer people a test and I think one of the things that, that we'd really like to see is for example more GP offering tests because not everyone yeah. wants to go into a sexual health clinic yeah. and it's something that's particularly an issue for Africans you know Africans are far less likely yeah. say than gay men to want to walk into a sexual health clinic Africans in the UK yeah yeah Africans in the UK it's just not part of their culture in the same way but they will visit their family doctors so it's really important that their GP is offering them a yeah. test um, and people get a chance to, to have those tests it's interesting you mention Africans because there's a sort of I've heard on the gay scene that um, black men in the UK are more likely to have HIV than white guys. Is that just an urban... No, I mean, I think the, the, what the statistics show is the two groups with highest levels of HIV are gay men and Africans. Oh, uh, so it's like the um, Venn diagram mix. So it's a bit like a Venn diagram mix. Um, and yes, so I'm not, I don't think there's any evidence that gay black men are more likely than white black men t to have HIV. But they are the two communities that are, that are most at risk of HIV. And so it's not culturally that they that Africans 
don't want to use protection it's that they don't like getting tested they will know that they don't a sexual health clinic and and all that's involved in that is just not something yeah. that they tend to use as much mm. so when you look at the figures to say where are people taking hiv tests uh-huh. gay men are most likely you know they can walk into a sexual health yeah. clinic and take it whereas africans men and women are more likely to get a test in their gp surgery okay. um, and that is something that won't necessarily routinely be offered yeah. so we're trying to encourage gps to offer it and encourage people to ask for a test i noticed in you've got this um brochure our listeners can't see it deborah's got a nice brochure which um has this page outlining all the fantastic achievements that uh the national aids trust i wasn't sure if it's, uh, it's general achievements or if this is specifically your charity yeah yeah but um, that that's because it's your 25th anniversary. It is. Wow. I know. Silver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, silver Jubilee this year. So as a charity, yeah, we had our 25th birthday in October. Ah. Um, I wish I was only 25. <laughs> and 80 years. Um, and we were set up back in 87 when things were very, very different. 87 yeah. was the year of the big probably before your time, boys. Um, the big tombstone ads. It was when, you know, HIV was seen as a really, really big public health priority in the UK. Okay. And unusually, um, NAT was actually set up by the government. Oh. Um, and the government realised they... Was, knew- that, uh, was that Thatcher? It was. It was. Oh. It was ooh. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's something we can Good actually forget. Um, I wouldn't say it was. It was uh, Margaret Thatcher. I mean, the, the the real person who made a big difference was Norman Fowler, Lord Fowler. Okay. And okay. he saw the challenges of HIV, and he really pushed. And I think he will say that he had to sort of really persuade Margaret Thatcher um, to do this. But he went ahead and he had this big awareness campaign. So every household in the UK got a leaflet about AIDS. There was primetime TV slots um, explaining about AIDS. Um, And he also, I think very bravely, introduced needle exchanges Uh into the UK so that injecting drug users wouldn't spread HIV. Um, And so back in 87, the government was really proactive and that's the time where they said we need a national HIV charity and that is where NAT were born. And if only they'd known then how far you've come in quite a short space of time really. Because at the end of that list, I, I see that it says 2012, free medication is available for HIV patients across the UK. I thought that had been for ages. Yes, I mean, I think that the UK has got a really good track record in terms of access to medicines. When you look at other countries where HIV treatment can be really hard to come by. I mean, even America, it's yeah, difficult. It is difficult. And, and of course, in America, the issues of payment and insurance and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to be too negative about the UK. However, there was this policy which was really unhelpful that said if people couldn't prove they were UK residents had a right to be in the UK, they couldn't access HIV treatment. And what that meant is that people who had HIV um, were not getting treatment on the NHS. Instead, what was happening is they were getting very sick and then their very expensive emergency treatment was being paid for in the NHS. So it actually cost the health service more money to let them get sick. But as we know, they were also passing HIV on to other people. And we're a wealthy country and we weren't treating people that we knew were sick. And it was something we campaigned for actually nearly seven years on. Um, And it was only in October this year, and this is just for England, um, that any 
anyone living in the UK. Yeah. I mean, one thing we've got to be clear of, this isn't, hey, anyone can come into the UK yeah. and get free drugs paid for by our taxpayers. But it's people who are living here, and yeah. if they didn't get their treatment, would be getting sick, who'd be infectious. And it's really important that the government has recognised that. And as I say, a month ago, um, yeah. they changed the rules. Um, yeah, because like you say, they can still pass it on. Like these, you see good-looking guys in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> They're from all over the world. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's true because it's ca- counterproductive, if you it will, in, into the spreading of it. it. Yeah, and I think I would say this all plays into some the sort of myths and misinformation about yeah. HIV. So I think there is this real fear around HIV, which is, gosh, if we provide HIV treatment free of charge, you know, everyone will come to the UK and, you know, granny won't get a hip replacement uh, because all these people yeah. are coming in. But also, uh, I mean, I think there, there was a, a feeling of people with HIV somehow being treated differently from other people. So even before this change was made, if you had any other sexually transmitted infection, it was treated free. If you had any other mm. infectious disease like TB, but somehow HIV was singled out and treated differently, and that just wasn't fair. Yeah. So because NET is a policy and campaigning organisation, whenever we see things that aren't fair and, you know, we will lobby and campaign to have them changed. Yes. And that was one of our most recent achievements. Fantastic. So it's funny because although the government set us ba- set us up 25 years ago, we're probably one of the biggest thorns in the government's <laughs> side because yeah. we do spend a lot of time challenging them when yeah. we think their policies and their laws are wrong. If someone um, needs to do it. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what we're here for. And there's some fantastic charities providing services and support to people with HIV. And what we do sort of complements what they're doing because we don't provide services okay. to people with HIV. HIV is unlike so many causes in that it's not just a never-ending plight. There's actually a mission here and the yeah. end is, for, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and we just need to get there. I know, we do. We need to get people diagnosed and on treatment. We need to get the prevention message out there. And I think that's particularly an issue for young gay men yeah. because when you look at young gay men now, they have so many more opportunities to meet partners, yes. you know, um, but that hasn't been coupled with good information about how to protect themselves, good balanced information about HIV. And I think we've got a real task on our hands to to make sure that A, we're stopping new cases of HIV, but if people are becoming infected, they're diagnosed early and they're put on treatment so they don't infect other people. And one of the other real challenges around at the moment is the, the other STIs, because if you've got HIV and you get another sexually transmitted infection, it makes you more infectious. Right. And also, if you haven't got HIV, but you've got another STI, it makes you more susceptible to HIV. So there is a real interrelationship. So good sexual health is so important um, for gay men. It's not just thinking about HIV, it's thinking about all the STIs. And we're seeing rises in quite a few of them amongst gay men. In a sense, does that say that people are becoming less cautious or less concerned about sexual health? I don't think people really know the answer to that. I mean, I think what is clear is that a lot of gay men are practising unsafe sex. I mean, if they weren't, there wouldn't be the number of cases of HIV and other STIs. I don't think people necessarily understand all the reasons why Um, and it's not some of it is about education you need to give people the facts but it's not just about that because there are a lot of gay men that know exactly what the risks are um, but they still take them but of course there's alcohol there's drugs there's all sorts of reasons there's you just you meet a really hot guy and you know things (laughs) go out out the the corner so you know we, we have got to understand what the barriers are but on the other hand I think 
we do have some sort of collective responsibility to not yeah. just let this happen. Just slightly changing the subject a bit, um, something about that the National AIDS Trust are doing next week. Um, you're doing an event um, at the London Mayor's Office, um, Art for Sale. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's, tell us what, what that, it's a bit of work in promoting um, HIV awareness. It is. I mean, as I said earlier, NAT is 25 this year yeah. and we wanted to try and do something to mark our 25th birthday, but we don't have big budgets. So what we did is we wrote to sort of um, some high profile friends of the charity and asked them to create a bit of art okay. um, featuring the iconic red ribbon um, and also saying yeah. if possible a bit of silver as it's our 25th yeah. birthday um, and some great people rose to the challenge and we've had some lovely pieces of art donated to us um, and we're hoping um, that next week they will be on display at City Hall um, for people to go and view um, and also we're going to auction them off so oh, people get a chance to own an original bit of art yeah, and no. at the same time support a fantastic charity um, and the, the opening bids for summer as low as £50 so it's not highfalutin it's, really expensive art okay. we hope that some of them will <laughs> go for a lot of money yeah. but, but it's not it, 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 they're, they're very different so we've had people like um, Annie Lennox. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, uh, Annie Lennox donated a lovely photo of the the beaded red ribbon she's worn all around the world as she's yeah. been campaigning. But we've got people like Dr. Christian Jessen, Gokwan, Alan Cumming. What Gokwan's been painting? Gokwan's is interesting. Here's, we didn't say paint. We said use whatever medium you like. So we've had photographs. <laughs> we've had, um, <laughs> Gokwan used some sealing wax. Oh, yeah. oh interesting. And a uh, belt. <laughs> <laughs> but we we have had and we've got a lot of designers so Giles Deacon Matthew Williamson Paul Smith um, all sorts of different people have produced and we, we kept the brief really open okay and we've got some really lovely pieces art is, is it, a good investment in the recession as well definitely yes yeah <laughs> is it open to the public it is open to the public um, it's open it, it's due to run from the 27th of November okay. through till the 7th of December so almost two weeks around World AIDS Day oh perfect people can go to City Hall during their opening hours during the day and just have a look at the art we have a, a website that you can access via the NAT website yeah. where you can go on and make bids if there's bits you like oh, when's, when's the day to start wearing your uh, red ribbon for AIDS Day well we say as soon as the poppies are over get your red get ribbon, your ribbon, 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 ribbon on okay, and so the sooner the better everyone, everyone's got that going you <laughs> get the red ribbons going yeah. yeah and I think this year it's interesting because World AIDS Day is on a Saturday so actually there's far more opportunities to for people to fundraise and yes. raise awareness yeah. and so you know for example the National AIDS Trust will be out on the streets of Soho on the 1st of December oh, all our uh, lovely volunteers so if excellent. people will see you be us there, come Deborah? I will you can come see well, well, I'll, I'll be there with my December will come and see <laughs> you I'll be there with my girlfriend and our two dogs excellent oh, 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 excellent <laughs> Thank you very much, Deborah, for joining oh, us. Oh, no, it's been fun. Um, <laughs> you can find out more um, info about the work that the National AIDS does do by visiting www.nat.org.uk or follow them on Twitter at um, NAT underscore AIDS underscore trust. And World AIDS Day is coming up on Saturday, the 1st of December. And you can also find local events listed on www.worldaidsday.org. So Deborah is going to stay with us for the rest of the show. Yes. Um, we are going to talk about a few topics, I mean, things that have been coming up in the week. 
Uh, Sham, you mentioned X Factor in the intro. What do you want to talk about to do with X Factor? Ooh. Did you Coming watch out, X Factor? I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of that ple- declining number. Who week. I'm watching. <laughs> it was a guilty yeah. But I'm not going to watch it now that Ella's gone. I think. Oh, yes. was she one of your? Yeah, I know. It's all. It's all the producers are losing the plot. I think <laughs> they are. Well, losing I think the Ella's plot. gone because Adele paid a team of people to constantly <laughs> vote yeah. all of her competitors. She, she first did the I support you, and then secretly <laughs> underhand. Yeah. The story is that one of the band members of Union J had come out and the whole mix Jay-Z was urged by his mentor, Louis. And you know the whole story of how it goes. I don't, I'm, I'm watching X-Factor sort of on and off. Who are Union J? The, the Pretty Boy Band. Pretty I saw one band. in heaven on Saturday. There were three boys called District Three. That was the other that boy the other band. One. That was the other they boy band. They were quite good looking. Yeah. Well, this this is supposed to be the even more good looking boy band um, out of the two that were on the, the show. one that looked even more like One Direction. <laughs> the yeah. one that looks a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. They they could actually be from the cast of Twilight. I kid you not. <laughs> they do look a bit sort of vampirish, oh. but quite cute. But one of the boys um, had come out and there was a. Story. Is it the ugly one? <laughs> it's always the ugly one that comes out as gay, isn't it? He's the one who can really sing. Yeah, it's always yeah. the ugly one, but the one who can sing. Okay, on, on the scale of, yeah. Of Apart from Lance Bass in New Kids on the Block, he was good looking. Yeah, he, yeah. But the one in Westlife. Not was, anymore, though. They all go downhill once they come out. So well, they see start, what happens to Jamie. They start eating, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> eat your feelings. Yes. <laughs> eat your feelings. And... You, you know, it's it's in this whole thing. Do we actually care? Well, <laughs> is the question. Yeah, I mean, he said that the reason he came out was because he thought they were going to be kicked off that week, and he wanted to get it out yeah. before it. Oh, he wanted to get the gay vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only saying what he said. Okay, so, yeah. so that Ella's, Ella's gone. Let's get all the gay girls <laughs> voting for Union Jack. He, he did it before, apparently, the results yeah. of the show. Oh, that's like the so-so gay story written by that boy. Yes. He was yeah. saying that um, he's he was out on YouTube years ago, but yeah. X Factor kind of liked to release the story as as and when they but wish. just to get people talking about the X Factor. Yeah, right? exactly. But it, and it's what are all we about doing? Exactly <laughs> what are we doing? Um, what I want to know is then if he's gay. Which of the three other boys in the band has he has he had fun with? Hmm. I saw Talisa in Heaven on Saturday. She was the headline act, if that's possible, after District Three. Wait, tell us how much did you pay? Four pounds. Four pounds. But you know what? Next week it's Ollie Murs, who's an even worse pop star, <laughs> and it's five pounds. <laughs> but um, but Talisa you know, was. I'd impressive. rather watch a hamster run around in a wheel than. Talisa was impressive. She had a really good live band who, you know, she's obviously employed people that know how to play guitar and the drums. And she did a kind of live jazz rock version of her dance hit, We Are Young. And she really knows how to hold the audience. Like, you can tell from her end dubs days, she's done arena yeah. tours with them. Like, she knows how to captivate. But she had this cheesy bit where she um, did a toast to the audience and said, Are there any girls in the house? And then she said, when I've had a few drinks, I just want to get this out here. I'm a bit of an undercover lesbian. <laughs> and then everyone in the club started cheering. And I was thinking, oh, to is it again? Lisa, She's trying to... Promo yeah. whore. Yeah, do they just tease the audience? Was like, awful sex video not enough? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. What do gay women think about this whole... Because there's being a lesbian and there's being a tar in Oceania. <laughs> and you, you kiss another girl yeah. to get a bit of attention. So you can pull one of the Yeah, like weirdos. will Talisa settle down with a woman and live in Yorkshire and, you know. What? While we're name-dropping celebrities, Deborah, yeah. I've always wanted to know 
who are the openly HIV positive celebrities? Because I know of Andy Bell from the 80s band Erasure, who's a living legend. He is, and can I just say, he created a lovely picture for our Red Ribbon Art Collection. Oh, perfect. So it's I can gorgeous. buy an Andy You can Bell. buy yeah. an Andy Oh my God, Bell. Yeah. do I have to go and fight Elton John in an auction? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's going to win. It is a lovely picture. It's, a, it's actually a photo of Andy that he's turned into a painting. But he is, I mean, I think the honest truth is there aren't that many... Yeah. Openly HIV positive. But presumably, just because it's because of the business and the world yeah. that they lived in, there must be loads of HIV yeah. positive singers and musicians. Yeah. And yeah. so, just yeah. for their own careers, they stay in the. Yeah. Do you call it the closet? With I don't know if you are in the closet with HIV. The HIV closet. closet. The I HIV know. closet. I mean, if you think of the stats, that one in twenty gay men in the UK have HIV. Right. And in London and Brighton, I mean, in London, it's estimated it's anywhere between one in seven and one in ten. You just Gosh. know that there are far more people who are HIV positive. And, and but yes, it, it's there's still stigma, there's still judgment. People are given careers advice. And, and on one level, it's their yeah. own business, if you know what I mean, if they decide to, mm. to share that information with yeah. other people. But I, I mean, I do think some good positive HIV positive role models would be a good thing. And Andy Bell shows like he's HIV positive and people know that and it hasn't affected, affected his popularity. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah. Talking again about, about people who do good work for homosexuality, we all know rugby player Ben Cohen. Um, very handsome, dashing very sexy. man, very sexy man indeed, and um, who is heterosexual and he set up a foundation to eradicate homophobic bullying um, from schools and sport, which is obviously an amazing cause. And thanks to Proud of Soho, we've got a very hot calendar signed by Ben Cohen himself to give away to one of the lucky listeners of the show. So this um, is a really easy competition yeah. because it's not like there are going to be thousands of people. <laughs> so, so tweet so, so gay with the hashtag stand up and give us a reason why you want to win this Ben Cohen calendar. They're worth about 20 quid, aren't they? Possibly. Like calendars are pretty pricey. They are days. pretty pricey. So closing date for the competition is midnight on 30th November and we'll tweet the winner. You can shop online from Prowler at www.prowler.co.uk and follow at Prowler Soho on Twitter. Thank you very much again for joining in and listening to us and thank you very much to Deborah for joining us. That's it for the evening. We are um, unfortunately out of time. And we just want to thank our show sponsor again tell us what you think.co.uk remember pop over and register your details remember they are donating 50p to um, the national aids trust for everyone who signs up and registered before world aids day and um, you get given cash for doing a focus group you also get entered into their monthly prize draw so you don't lose out but just remember to note that you heard about um them through our podcast okay so you can get in touch with us by emailing the agenda at sosogay.co.uk you can tweet us at sosogay you can send us a text message starting with the word agenda to 07786 200 690 please also leave comments on our itunes page um it'd be great to get different bits of feedback on there and helps us move up the ranks just search sosogay on your itunes to find it and, and we will we'll see you, see next, you time. next time.